Cigarettes have a very distinct smell. If you're vaping, you just smell like banana nut cream or like whatever the hell you... <laughs> you oh? smell like nut cream. Yeah, you just want to say nut cream, I think. <laughs> That's what I have. Banana nut cream pie or whatever the fuck it is. Like... <laughs> you're not making it better. <laughs> Does it have kind of like a chlorine type smell to it? <laughs> no. No, it's got kind of like a creamy smell to it. In the winter, Gordo was using Snowball, but he thought that in this weather it wasn't good enough. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, Rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Tacoma FD. Tacoma FD has gone 36 episodes with three seasons so far on True TV. Today we're talking about episode one, which is called On the Hot Seat, originally airing March 28th, 2019. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, Nick, Gordo, Berg, and Joe. What's going on, guys? Hey, oh. Prank pranks? Pranky pranks? Covert pranks? So soft. <laughs> what is the soft thing? I want to talk yeah, about that. I, I don't is know. this a? It's a Tacoma accent. Ah, uh, duh. I just figured it was a thing that they do. That's yeah. Because I work with people from Washington State, and nobody says that to me. That's just what's his face, the wrestler. Isn't that New York? Oh, um, Enzo Amore. Enzo Amore. Yeah. Yeah. Soft. If I had a dime for every time I enjoyed recording one of these podcasts with you assholes, I'd have zero dimes, because you're all S-A-W-F-T, soft. You'd have like 114 dimes or something like that now. Only 14 bucks. So yeah, Tacoma FD, I can't remember. Which one of you picked this one? I did. Uh, Any particular reason? I always saw the advertisements, and I love the Broken Lizard guys. I never got to see it, so I figured this would be a good way to at least check it out. Um, Yeah, but yeah, I've never seen it until now. And has anyone watched this show up until now? Yeah, I've seen all three seasons. Nope. To me, I think the issue is, I was telling my wife about it earlier, and I was like, we watched this this week, this is what I thought about it, not to give my hand out. And she was like, oh, I've never heard of that. I was like, me neither, because it's a true TV original. And no offense to this show, because I'm not going to say I did not enjoy it, I'm just going to say, true TV originals maybe don't get as widespread as other shows. We oh, yeah, we've talked yeah. about that before and other things. It streams weekly on HBO Max as well, uh, but also um, now it's just Max because HBO is stupid. <laughs> I was going to say, there's so many, like, they all just, like, become, like, these glommed together things where I was like, I'm sure I own one streaming service where this is now streaming because yeah. every everything's a monopoly now and there's, like, four streamers total. Well, we've said in the past, too, if you look at a show like, what is it, um, Cobra Kai, right? Cobra Kai starts on YouTube Red or whatever it was, and nobody watched it because it was the only thing that they had to hang their hat on. And you're like, okay, but no one has this. Not that yeah. people don't have true TV, but it's not a, a channel that you are typically on already and going to flow into it. So you're not catching a lot of their advertising. So you, you take this show, put it on a different network or on a, a popular streaming site then yeah, you're going to get more eyes on it. And and whether or not the popularity rises is based on, of course, the show. And we'll get into how we feel about it in a little bit. But yeah, True TV is probably not your best avenue to get all that attention. Well, they advertised the hell out of this show. 
This show, I see, see commercials for all the time and billboards. It, and that's why I picked it. And I remember seeing a lot of commercials for it. And then it kind of fell off. Like, I haven't seen any advertisements, I'd say, maybe in the past six months to a year. I will say that True TV did break through the din a little bit, where Impractical Jokers is a huge, yes. huge show. So they have some reach, you know, that they can be like, hey, we're doing other stuff. I think the problem with the Cobra Kai was that, like, YouTube is everything. Like, at least if you go to a HBO Max or Max or whatever, right? They're like, we've got 50,000 titles streaming. That's hard to, like, at least you can figure out an algorithm for that. How yeah. many videos are on YouTube where it's like, oh, did you just watch a mukbang video? Of somebody eating Taco Bell, you want to watch some firefighter comedy? Like, that's never going to work. But, but not enough people were paying for the premium stuff because they didn't have much other than that show to hang their hat on. So, right. And no ads. Yeah. yeah. Which, to be fair, I know some people who have pulled the trigger on the YouTube Red or whatever. Do you know where they really get you where I keep thinking about it? I don't know if you ever do this before, but like you're watching a YouTube video or like maybe it's an album you want to listen to that isn't on a streaming service, but it's on YouTube. And it's in your back pocket as you walk around and then your phone jostles and it goes out of that window. Or oh, your yeah. phone goes dark. It just stops it. So like YouTube Red, they're like, hey, you can use this like any other app. We'll keep playing. It'll play the music, yeah. Whatever yeah. you can do. So I'm like, man, that might be worth like four bucks for like the couple hours a week where I'm like, I want to listen or watch this thing without it doing whatever. We recently cut the cable and we have like the Hulu live TV and stuff, but I heard that YouTube's live TV is pretty good as well. I, I have uh, the YouTube live TV and um, it's like if you're just like you don't have anything specific in mind you want to watch, you just kind of want to throw something on. There's like always something good on. It's like a full channel selection, and you can like sort it by movies that are playing or TV shows. So like you can sort your TV listing by like the genre, which is kind of cool. But it's really good for just like you know just having something on. I've never gone and been like, oh, I need YouTube. Oh, actually, live YouTube TV is good for basketball, for sports, right? They do football too. Just right? basketball that I've noticed. They do football now, I think. Next yeah, I thought football was part of at least it's part of. Oh, uh, you might be season. right. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's um it's pretty decent. I don't know how much it costs. It's not mine. I don't pay for it. You'd really have to use it often, I think, to justify the price point because I think it's like seventy bucks. That's it's about gonna... what Hulu is too for the live version. You see, I have Sling and it's half that. I was gonna say I have Sling as well, and I'm I think I have the blue and the orange, and it's like fifty five a month. I think I just have orange and it's forty because I literally only watch the news on it and i have it for like wrestling and vice tv for other wrestling show so for 40 bucks a month to have all of that because i watch the news every morning when i wake up that said though i probably could like find a different way to watch the wrestling stuff and just get the news app and pay like eight bucks a month so maybe i'm not doing it right either i enjoy ancient aliens all right is on that (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's all on Hulu too, though, because I've been watching all of the the blanks that built America shows in the past. Few okay, weeks. have you guys ever seen those before? Where it's like, yeah, the food that built America. Like, Erstoff Hershey decided that his candy should have a chocolate, <laughs> and this like cuts to a reenactment of people being like, "It'll never travel. It'll melt in their mouth." That was so <laughs> fucking stupid. And there's so many of them about every single thing that's ever happened. I watched one the other day about people making bridges, and I was enthralled. By the reenactments being so bad. It's like the greatest hour a night you can spend watching TV. So real quick, I just want to remind everyone to go to S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to everywhere to listen to us, our social medias. Specifically, S1E1Pod on Twitter and Instagram is probably where we're the most active. 
But uh, yeah, um, just give us follows. Uh, hit that up. Go to s1e1pod.com. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it was mentioned earlier, this show is a product of, like, the Broken Lizard crew. Two of them in particular, though, like Kevin Hefferman, who played, like, Farva in, in uh, Super Troopers, he wrote, co-wrote with, what's his name? Uh, Steve Lemmy, is it? I think it's just Lem. Lem? Yeah, I can't know it's Lem or Lemmy, but if I was him, I would clearly go by Lemmy. Like, if, if you get, life hands you lemons, make fucking Lemmy. Lemmy. Make, loud make Lem. Lemmy bastard stew. <laughs> But yeah, the two of them who uh, you know from all of the Broken Lizard movies, they kind of have like a side thing going. Like I think they tour and do stand up together, but they co-created and wrote this episode in particular. Kevin Hefferman also directed this ep- uh, episode. Yeah, the Broken Lizard crew, I think pretty Super Troopers blew them up and then they've done so many movies since. I would argue that Beer Fest blew them up. We all loved Super Troopers, but it was a cult. It had a cult following more than anything, and then Beer Fest is what brought it to prominence. I agree. I think Beer Fest was a really, really wide movie. Yeah. Like, it opened big, right? But, like, Super Troopers was one of those movies that, like, a lot like Anchorman, where everybody you know had a DVD of it, because it was so funny. That so quotable. It. Before we recorded, we recorded, like, 13 lines that are not even, like, big lines of the movie, you know? Like, you put it on, and I was like, good wax job, Rook. Like, that's not, like, a major laughing <laughs> yeah, part yeah. of the movie, you know? Have they ever had a proper studio movie? Because I feel like, I know they did it with Super Troopers and Super Troopers 2. I can't remember about Beer Fest and, what's the penal Get Club one? Dread. <laughs> yeah, Gross. Club Dread. Club Dread, yeah. But I know with Super Troopers 2, they essentially had to fund it themselves. Like, they, they had to, cr- it. like, crowdsource. Yeah, and it got funded in a day. Like, in hours, they funded that. You can also tell it was crowdfunded, but... Do you guys remember some of the perks they had? Like, there were points where they're like, hey, if you want to give us, like, 50 grand for this movie, we'll give you a Super Troopers cop car. Like, that yeah. was how wild <laughs> they were going with the perks. And it just kept going up and up and up. And they just kept hitting every mark. Good and I was them. curious, like, is that a choice of theirs? Or do they not, like, are they like, fuck the networks, like, we want to do it our way? I remember them being on a couple podcasts talking about it. And I can't remember all the specifics behind it. But yeah, essentially, when you fund it and you're paying for everything on your own, you're going to do it your way. You own it. It's like, and then you just find someone to distribute it after the fact. So, you know, a lot of the controls in your hand when you do that. So, and just testing that out, right? Like all the stress is gone. Like you've paid for it through fans. So I think the hard part now, though, is that wasn't that long ago, probably eight years ago, maybe at the most or whatever. But we were still at a point where it was like, hey, if you donate $20 to this, we'll send you a DVD. And 20 bucks isn't that much to lose. So you get like 100,000 people giving you 20 bucks. Like, holy shit, we just made a ton of money. Yeah. And making DVDs is super cheap. But now that's like less of a. Yeah, that incentive's down. Right. But also easier now, too, probably to get somebody like Hulu to be like, just make it. We'll be hands off as long as we can have exclusive distribution, you know? You know what's strange? It's like there are exceptions, obviously, but you don't really see any of them pop up in other stuff. They only really do their own you thing. You see Jay are there pop up every now and again. Yeah. But yeah, you don't really see any of the other ones. Yeah, I remember watching Jackass 2, was it? <laughs> when he pops up in Jackass yeah, oh, 2. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. he's like, the cab wait, driver. Wait, what? Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, what's he doing here? <laughs> Kevin Heffernan, Heffernan, though, it's no fault of his, but like, even in my notes, anytime I'm referring to him, Right, it Farva. says Farva. Yeah. Like, it's one of those characters that's just so forever iconic in your brain. We're like, this show's great. You're very funny in this as this new character. But you're also always going to be Farva. Never shit a shitter. Yeah, I guess we can get uh, <laughs> right into the episode itself. 
And uh, the show starts, it's, it's raining outside. We see this exterior shot of a uh, Tacoma Fire Department vehicle parked in a lot. And we cut inside and we see uh, the chief and captain of this um, fire, what are they called? A fire what? Is it like Department? a police squad? But I'm saying like, it's, you say police squad, like what would it, is it a fire? Department. Fire, just fire department? Your fire department and then you have different shifts. So we have the chief and the captain. They're inside just doing the saltine challenge to pass the time. And Eddie, who's the captain, goes first, and uh, he can't. So uh, the idea is you're supposed to eat six saltines within a minute and be able to whistle. So right. I always thought, I always thought the saltine challenge was to whistle while they were in your mouth. But I feel like what they did, because Terry went next, he ate everything really quick and then whistled. Yeah, I feel like I could have whistled if everything was swallowed, even if I had like squirrel mouth so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I believe the way the challenge was done in the show is as long as you can eat it within the minute and have time to whistle after you're good challenge being you can't eat them within the one minute because of how much it dries your mouth out right i also think the other way too is the fun of that is like your egg and a choke and spit it all over the people oh, you're yeah. with you know like that's the big fun of that i wanted to ask you guys in this scene i don't think they ever actually say his name i could be wrong i might have missed it but did you guys notice steve lem's name on his jacket no no i know his name's eddie but i didn't look at his jacket his la- his last name is panisi p-e-n-i-s-i yeah it's penis <laughs> eddie panisi and it's right on his thing and i i had to double take i'm like is that what is that but they and they never mentioned that his last name is basically penis and i thought they would have at least once so no i didn't catch that but uh they go back when terry successfully does the challenge he Says that it's because he has a wet mouth, which leads to this conversation where Eddie's saying, well, saliva is what allows you to taste food. So for someone with a wet mouth, food must taste amazing. And goes on to ask him, like, you know, with all due respect, are people with wet mouths more likely to be plus size because food tastes better? Which I guess is a fair question, right? If Makes you, sense. If, if yeah. food tastes better. Kind of a you. scientific ask. Yeah. Like, imagine having no ability to taste, but still being fat. Like, what would he... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got the experience of that when I had COVID. I had that. The only thing I could taste was Coca-Cola, weirdly. I was nothing. when I, The first time I got, I had nothing at all for a few days. Never got the Rona. Dabbed on it. Still going. I just heard about somebody getting it the other day for the first time, and they got something called COVID ear. So if anybody's going to get it and get a symptom they shouldn't get, Gordo, <laughs> it is you and it is COVID ear. Uh, that would be really bad. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> so maybe start going licking some light, light posts or something. I got, uh, I got it for the first time this past Christmas, like six months ago. I did lose my flavor or my taste and smell. I still tasted the same myself. But um, I was so depressed during that because I know two people who didn't get their senses back in full like ever and Mm -hmm. i am so terrified of that happening like i'd be suicidal i think if i couldn't taste food it's just such a big part of my day like sometimes it's just like all right i'm gonna enjoy some food (laughs) the first time i got covid i remember thinking like kind of ties into this conversation that they're having when i lost my taste i'm like man it sucks that i can't taste but if this lasts a little while like i might be able to lose some weight pretty easy (laughs) if i can't like i'm only (laughs) eating cabbage for a month Yeah, i'm just eating if if you're literally just eating to survive then yeah it's really easy to keep the calories down even when i couldn't taste anything i turned down all vegetables you're a texture (laughs) guy right is it a texture thing with you yeah i don't like the texture of health (laughs) (laughs) too life-giving 
Yeah, no, I'm always afraid that whenever I get the poops, I get the poopy COVID. I will say, as somebody with a bad stomach, when I had it, that was not an issue for me, knock on wood. Wait, what's the poopy COVID? There's like a bunch of people <laughs> who get really bad gastrointestinal. I had a pretty rough stomach when I had oh, it. Oh, I have poopy COVID all the time then. <laughs> Ferg has really long COVID. <laughs> he has that long haul COVID. No, but it's it's like, I guess, a part of... A, strain of covid that just makes you shit a lot and i've been calling it the poopy covid but if you get that and you get the no taste you'll really lose weight because right that doesn't even matter at that point so in any event um (laughs) (laughs) this conversation gets broken up by a call they have on the radio and uh they get sent over somewhere where there's a alpaca that's stuck in a swing set not like in it's more like like you know when you have like the little clubhouse built into the swing set it's like it's on the top level of that I forget what those are called. It's not like the tip like of my he, Like he climbed the slide. <laughs> yeah. And uh, nobody can get it down because of the amount of spit that this thing's given out. And it's, I don't know much about alpacas. We noted too that it's suddenly not raining anymore. Yes. I was going to note that. They because, do this twice in the show. Yeah. I, I feel like it was just something they weren't paying good enough attention to. Whenever they're in the firehouse, it's raining. And whenever they go on a call, it's not raining anymore. It's it's also the conceit of the show, though. The whole thing of the show is that they're bored as firefighters because Tacoma is one of the wettest cities in the entire country. Yeah. So there's not a lot of fires because it's so wet all the time. So they get stuck doing weird stuff. Right. But there are like it, in places like this, like it's super rainy and then it's nice. Like that's just how it is. It's almost like in Florida yeah. when it just rains for an hour and then it goes away. The second they get there, he comments, well, at least the rain stopped. Right. And then next yeah. scene, it's pouring again. Yeah, so it is purposeful. Pouring whenever they're at the uh, uh, at the firehouse. But yeah, so this alpaca, I don't know much about actual alpacas. So I figured the spit thing's real, but is it green slimy spit like that? Probably not. Are they being attacked by the Sultan? <laughs> it's very much the Sultan. <laughs> Savio Vega. Yes. Or the Great Muda. Um, but that, or the Great Kabuki. Uh, but there are 53,000 alpacas in the United States currently. I was unaware of that. I was, so was I. That's not a stat. I just knew. I looked it up when I was watching the episode. I was like, how many are there? And there are alpaca farms in every single state of the country as well. Wow. Yeah, there's one in North Conway. We always go to a sheep sharing festival in uh, Waltham near us, and uh, there's always an alpaca. A sheep sharing? Sheep shearing festival. Shearing. 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 Oh. I was like, oh, I brought my sheep. <laughs> <laughs> sheep sharing. No, that's a different different festival that's entirely. a southern so i feel like you've brought this up before in the show but like what what happens you just sit there and watch it get <laughs> pretty much yeah so there's a there's a place that there's a non-profit group uh out of waltham massachusetts that have a whole bunch of sheep uh and then every year they have to get shorn so they have a festival on the grounds where like they have like vendors and like you know, Revolutionary War reenactors come and you can shoot archery and they have dogs that do demonstrations, like sheepdogs, that they do demonstrations of how to... they shear the sheepdogs? They don't shear the sheepdogs, but then, you know, you walk through and you can see people and they... Some do it in the old school way where, like, they have the the hand clippers and they shear them. And then then after they're done with the demonstration, they, they use electric shavers and they shave them. And then they make wool and so forth and so on. I like that you go to this every year. Meanwhile, you couldn't fucking pay me to go to that. <laughs> it's actually a lot of fun. 
next year. <laughs> my wife really enjoys sheep. Like she she likes sheep. It's her favorite animal. So we go every year. She likes sheep, but she hates you. What? A you <laughs> is a baby sheep. E W E E W E E U E. A you is a baby sheep. So she likes sheep, but she hates you. Oh, uh, Joe, that joke was just bad. <laughs> I'll give it to him. You can have it. You can have that one. Like mine would have landed if anybody but Jay knew what a U was. Okay. And then I spelt it wrong, which is terrible. So in any event, yeah, they're trying to get this whole packet down, and you see the you see everyone in the squad. It's just, it's a small like um, police uh, fire department. There's basically four guys, or no, really three guys, and then the chief and the captain. It's just the five of them in total. The first one, Andy, you see, is like absolutely covered. It looks like he just got like a bucket of alpaca spit thrown on him. And then this other guy, Ike, goes up with a mask because he thinks he figured out, like, the key to, like, you know, avoid it with this mask on. And once he gets spit on, he's like, it's like cat shit and gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I write, like, certain things so many times in an episode. Like, sometimes I'm just like, fuck. Like, I can't believe they keep saying, like, when we had, like, a really, like, racist or weird show, I keep writing, like, my notes, like, fuck, I can't believe they're doing this. This one, I literally was like. Lol, I'm laughing so hard so many times at this. And this scene, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be funny. They show the dude covered in green or whatever. But when he goes up with the mask on and starts spitting at him, I was like howling laughing at this. <laughs> I thought the cat shitting gasoline really put it over the edge for me. The resolve of this ends up being that um, the chief has an idea and he runs up and he gets some of the saltines that, you know, from earlier... And they're doing the challenge, and he gives it to the alpaca because now it's drying up its mouth, so it can't spit on them while they bring it down. Which I actually thought was really clever because these two things tie in so well, but you would have never saw that coming. So like this really random intro into this, like was just I don't know. I really thought it was very clever how they how they brought that in together. It was tied up well. I do like too. One of the guys goes up and he's like, "I'm gonna try love," and one of the firefighters is like, "She, she's not one of your divorcees." I also laughed so hard at that. There's something that makes me so happy about guys who just go after divorcees. I don't know why that's so fun for me. I feel like that's like an old TV trope. That was like an '80s TV trope. Yeah, that's like the sleazy guy who's like 40 and single who lives down the hall. He's got one name only in the show, and he always goes after like, yeah, the divorced 45 year old woman. A.K.A. my future in 10 years. It's always Greg. Well, everybody's always Greg. From there, we get to the actual like intro of the show, which is just just like the whole squad walking in slow motion to a hot-blooded by foreigner. <laughs> like, and that's all it is. <laughs> I always appreciate a quick intro. A, a quick intro? A good song? Yeah. Foreigner's got the hits, man. Foreigner's one of those bands like ELO that like when you like start thinking in your head about how many big songs they had, it just gets like... So big, you're like, oh, like, feels like the first time, like, Jukebox Hero. Like, there's so many big Foreigner songs that are just on classic rock radio, like, when we're kids our whole lives. No, absolutely. I, it's, I don't know. And again, for, for an intro like this, short and sweet, not much to it. Get a vibe. For the, you already know it's a comedy show. So I like that they don't play it too comedically. Like, they, they all have kind of a serious face as they're doing, like, the slow motion walk. It just works. Except Donkey Doug, who gives us a wave. Yeah. We get back to the next scene, and it's raining again, and uh, all the guys are hanging out in the station, everyone but the captain, and uh, or the chief, rather, I'm sorry. Eddie shows everyone a package that came in from the alpaca lady, and basically, it's a sign of gratitude. She gave them all $500 gift card, and then, like, random alpaca good. So they all have a few different items that they're 
looking at and Did touching. Did anybody and... else think that this was the weirdest path to take for incentive? Like, I, I get the alpaca thing, like the spit and like the them having to go to that call. But then they rode the alpaca thing the entire episode as the thing that they were It definitely winning. fits with their brand of comedy, I think. I guess, yeah. It's just so out of left field. If I had to guess, there's a point in this where they call it the Al Package. They wrote the episode around that line. <laughs> yes. I feel like they were drinking or in the writer's room and somebody said, oh, it's an alpaca. What if somebody sends us an Al Package? And they all laughed for five minutes, got some Chinese food, and then came back the next day and were like, oh, shit, we have to write an episode. Uh, just go with that. <laughs> Did anybody else think that like before they started this challenge that like they sent them five each five hundred dollars because that's what no. i thought at first no, i think it was just a single yeah i think it was noted that it was just the one five hundred dollars oh okay it's the whole reason they're doing the yeah challenge. they're competing yeah. to see who gets it but at first when they said oh we got gift certificates i don't think there was enough time between when we find out and then to the resolve like, there wasn't enough time for me to even come to any assumptions, because it's by seconds, really, when, when you kind of elevate to what's going to go on with that gift card. And uh, as mentioned before, they're all talking about how soft they are. They just, ooh, so soft, soft. <laughs> I like you doing it more than them. <laughs> soft. I have one of those soft uh, Snickers. Remember when Snickers was doing, like, the bars that had, like, slogans on them? Oh, the S-A-W-F-T, Enzo Amore, yeah. It was the Enzo Amore time, and I was like, I have to find one. So for like a month, every time we go to the grocery store, I'd look through all the Snickers, and I have one. And it's just been like slowly melting inside of its package on my shelf now for like, I don't know, three years. That's a better experience than Nick had. You eat one frozen Snickers bar, and it's like... I'm sorry, what? Why, why do I, I'm not remembering this. Ferg, when we were in Old Orchard Beach one year, I went to the convenience store that was near our Airbnb, and I was like, oh, cool, because I love the, the Snickers ice cream bars. So I grabbed one, and we, I go back to the house, and it wasn't an ice cream bar. It was just a frozen fucking <laughs> Snickers that broke my jaw what a on. cold Snickers. <laughs> Ferg thought it was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Uh, I thought you just assumed it would taste like the ice cream bar if you froze it. <laughs> no, I thought it was the ice cream bar. <laughs> That's also like a younger man's game, right? Like when I was a kid, I used to love frozen Charleston shoes or yeah, at least them in the freezer. And now I'm like, if I try to eat one of those, I will lose all of my back teeth. Like there's no way I can sustain this at almost 40. Those are a dangerous uh, candy bar to eat in their frozen state. It is like, yeah. But it's so good frozen. Yeah. It's an old person candy. Um, no, it is not. I just I think, think it's so. an old candy. Yeah, it's, it's, they never updated like the imagery and like all the graphic design, so it just still looks kind of old-timey. But every candy bar, pretty much 100 years old at this I point. I mean, that's true, too. If, like, it's a Malamo bar. <laughs> like, I guess it's an old person <laughs> candy. I don't know, Sky Bar. No, I just eat Kinder Buenos now, all right? If I'm young and hip. Well, in our lifetime, though, candy bars got fucking insane. Where they were like, hey, it's a take five. We put a pretzel. We put seven candy bars. Like, they just. Take five's like the best candy bar. Don't you dare shit on the take five. Look, I liked the take five and the break fast. I really liked a lot. We've definitely had this conversation, but it was like. Yeah, we definitely have. Yeah, probably two years ago, though. But yeah. yeah. I was going to say, what's your favorite candy bar? We've definitely had the conversation, but it's a take five. (laughs) It's my favorite candy bar. Okay. Same. I love Caramello bar. Brooke, did you just say you were anti take five, though? No, I love Take 5. Oh, I didn't know don't how you responded. I, I said, don't you time. dare shit on the Take 5. Do oh, all right. You're telling me not to. I was like, no, I love Take 5. 
get the extra pretzel in there. I will say, though, I mainly will eat Starburst if I'm having a candy. Yeah, I, I just, I think of them as different things. Yeah, I would, my mind went to chocolate. Yeah, at that point, yeah, like, to me, it's a chocolate-only conversation. Uh, and a chocolate-only, I loved in a previous life in Milky Way. If we're going away from chocolate, um, Sour Patch Watermelons are my favorite. Away from chocolate, I, I, I know you guys are going to give me shit. I love hot tamales, <laughs> one of my favorites. And I'm just, a, I'm, I'm a big guy uh, with, um, like, all, like, sour candy is, like, big on me. If I go to like the Michaels or the random places that have lemon heads and they're like the giant box of 10,000 lemon heads, I will eat the whole thing in one night and I will wake up feeling Gross. so awful. But I will eat lemon heads all day. You had brought up lemon heads in a prior episode and then I sent some your way. You sent me some, yeah. And they were all gone within about yeah. 25 minutes of me. But then I bought my, myself some also because I hadn't had them in, I don't know, 30 years. And I was like, oh, I forgot. And I was like, these are so sweet. Like, like the sugar, they're like, they have a lemony taste, but there's so much more sugary than you realize. And they're gritty. Yeah. Like, they're, they're an immediate teeth brush after. Because of this $500 gift card, they decide, like, what are we going to do with it? And Eddie recommends that they have a tournament of champions to decide who gets it. Which is, like, it's a fun idea, but again, I mentioned there's only five people in this department. Like, they could have all had $100 each. Can we do s1e1 tournament of champions i will tell you i will do good at the first one because for years we used to we have like a big tub that we had like a big steel tub and on super hot days we would fill it with like a bag of ice and water and put our feet in it because like it just sucks all the heat out of you and your feet so i could do that for a long long time well jokes on you you already lost because you're not gonna show up i can do it via satellite yeah i can be via satellite <laughs> Could be a recording. It has to be in person. I don't trust. <laughs> yeah, that'll be something we'll have to plan outside the show and figure that out down the road. Terry walks in and asks what's going on. And when they kind of clue him in on this whole tournament situation, you know, he's pretty much down for it right away. And they're starting off with the frostbite challenge, which Joe, you were just talking about before. And essentially what it is, is you got a giant bucket, fill it up with ice water and everyone throws their arm in there. And, and we're going to see who can last the longest. I lose these all the time. I feel like I would do okay in this one, but who knows? You know, like all these to me feel like easy games, but it becomes an endurance test. So it's just you versus someone else. You're like, because it, there's no like time limit. It, it's just a matter of beating everyone else. So everyone else, if there's one person there who can go two hours, then you're kind of, you're in bad luck. I like this because this is sort of the adult, uh, the like re- you know, not re, but like the, the modern version of like, there are a bunch of episodes of like sitcoms from the seventies of like, Hey, at first, like last person to stop dancing loses or last person to take their hand off the car. That's happy days, right? The car yeah, happy days is the dancing one, I think. Right. Or the car one. If one no, of I think it's the car one. I think it's both. I might be wrong. It may be both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There might be a full house dancing one, actually. Saved by the bell. Community did it's it. Definitely a saved by the bell one. I think. This is also now just what Mr. Beast does to give people houses. True. Joe has no idea what I'm talking about. It's on the internet. Oh, yes, I don't know then. Basically, Mr. Beast has 80 billion followers and just makes such an absorbent amount of money every time he makes a video that now he can give away things like houses and cars all the time. And it's wow. usually challenges like of that nature. And now we can tag him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Beast, if you would like to come on to S1E1. And could you make it sound any more boring when you pitch it? <laughs> or even better, if you want to give me a house or a car. 
That'd be great. How about your good old cousin Gordo? You know, they 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 call me a cousin Beast. For any of you listeners out there, you don't know that Gordo's last name is in fact Beast. Gordo Beast. Beauty and the Beast. The funny thing though is his legal first name is Eality. So when it's written last name, comma first name, it made for a lot of fun at school when we were going through roll call. (laughs) Gordo's his middle name, Eality Gordo Beast. <laughs> so yeah, so we see everyone playing this game and Andy's the first to give up and as they're playing like everyone's kind of taunting him for getting knocked out so early and while that's happening the councilwoman walks in and startles everybody. And at first she assumes like that this is just some viral thing for social media and like mentions like some police department that sang a song from Hamilton and <laughs> They kind of clue her in, like, oh, that's not what we're doing. But on paper to walk in, like, that's a very logical thing for her to assume, seeing this, like, absurd thing in front of her. And if I was the chief, you should just have gone with that. Yes, you just say exactly. That's exactly what we're doing. And then sing a song from Hamilton. At the time, the chief didn't know it was a big deal. Because remember, he's just one of the boys right now. Have you guys seen Hamilton? I've never I seen not. it. I I'm nope. Not, nope. All right, so we're the only five people on Earth who haven't seen it. We're the last five, yeah. <laughs> I don't like plays. I mean, I like plays and I like musicals. I could sing you a lot of songs for musicals. Yeah. Grease I is my jam. no desire for Hamilton. My musical love stops at Disney. Yeah, wait a minute, Ferg. You love Disney. Every one of those movies. I didn't say I hate musicals. I said I hate plays. Well, would you see a play of a good movie from Disney? What about Aladdin with Steve... With Steve from Full House as Aladdin. The closest I would go is Disney on ice. That's like a play on ice. <laughs> I did see Reptar on ice once, and that was pretty fun. Reptar, Reptar, gotta find the Reptar. Hey, I'm just a dinosaur. I'm glad you knew where I was going with that. <laughs> kids on the ice. What's a dinosaur to do when this kid's on the ice? Somebody call their mom! (laughs) Fuck, our broken TV childhood brains are really seeping out right now. What I thought would be a short episode is proving to end up being one of our longest. This one's got tangents in it I did not expect. So when she finds out that they're not doing a viral video and just playing random games in the firehouse, she insists on talking to Terry real quick in his office. And he's hesitant to do that because he's still actively in the frostbite challenge and eventually has to give up and pulls his arm out. And when they get into his office, she starts looking around and you just like see all these like different signs and posters. Like, what's the best way to make breakfast in the morning? (laughs) Wake up your wife. And she's like, (laughs) and then she turns her head again. And it's just like a poster of a girl in a bikini holding a fire hose, which I'll say in fairness to that one is an actual promotional poster for a company that sells fire hoses. So, I guess that's fair because it was like sent to them, I assume. I basically grew up in firehouses in the late 80s through the 90s. And that sort of stuff is for sure everywhere. It's calendars from like, yeah, hose companies or like helmet companies like helmet protect or like get good head. You know what I mean? It's like some girl <laughs> in a bikini and you're like, wow, they're really going for it here. Be careful saying that out loud. Uh, one of the one of the other things that. 
I noted was something that's probably fresh out of Gordo's house, uh, the number one farter mug. I was going to say, how do I not have that? Uh, I looked one up, Gordo. Even worse for my algorithm than what you usually send me. I found you one on Zazzle for $18.66. And you can either buy it now or you can wait for me to get you in the uh, S1E1 holiday swap in six months. The number one farter. The congresswoman's like face when she sees the mug, though, it really sold a She's form. so disgusting. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to buy it and then bring it to work and have that be my work mug. <laughs> and if you do, make sure you uh, take a picture of your workspace and uh, we'll put that on our Instagram. Okay, we'll do. So she informs Terry that the whole reason she's there is that state inspections are going to be coming up soon. And the city wants them to you know, all have improved scores because it might increase their budget. And Terry's like, well, that's not a problem. We always have good ratings. She's like, well, yeah, but the council has some concerns of them dropping due to you being a new chief and your reputation for fun and games, which obviously, you know, her issues might have been heightened as she walked into the room and his arm is in a bucket of ice. Which, if you remember, is very close to parallel with the Super Troopers plot. Like the whole thing about Super Troopers is them. I mean, they goof around too much. They're not getting their quotas. Lots of shenanigans. And the local PD might take over for the stadies. I don't think it's coincidence that they went from like police to fire yeah. to kind of do a yeah. similar tone because you know they that's, just different enough. They can do a lot of very similar humor, you know, in doing this kind of a show. And then Joe, I didn't even put two and two together, but the idea of them being located somewhere that's generally wet—it's probably by design and very smart. And so they're bored, so they can do all this crazy stuff all right. day. Did they ever outwardly say that that's why they're located there? Or is that just uh, no. did you draw that conclusion? No, if you look up the show, it mentions that like they're in Tacoma, which is one of the wettest cities. So like it's it's I think it's part of their probably advertising when they or like, you know, the, the pitches they threw out there when they first started. But I don't think they mentioned they don't mention in this episode, at least, you know, she's telling them like, listen, I, I understand like there's time for fun and games. And, you know, I'm no stranger to Thirsty Thursdays. Tells them, though, other people on the council are not in favor of your promotion and you know it's time to stop being one of the boys essentially and start being the boss and i was you know i wonder if she's like being truthful that it's other people and not her but she's like because she's trying to in in trying to tell him to not be one of the boys and be the boss she's trying to buddy up with him as she's being the boss it's kind of ironic yeah what's a different different set of buddies right but she's not being like in her time of needing to reprimand someone she's still trying to take it down to a friendly level to kind of ease the blow of the information. True. And the scene ends with the phone ringing and he's like dead arm trying to pick it up. Like <laughs> I fucking died at this. I didn't think I would, it started and I was like, that's kind of a funny idea. And by the end of it, I was fucking laughing so hard. I just got mad. I was like, use your other hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also that he has more than it's one dumb physical comedy, but yeah, it's funny. They cut to it. What I like about this, too, though, is like they always push what they're doing and call it back. Right. So like even in the next scene, we get another frozen ice dead arm thing. (laughs) That's so fucking stupidly funny. Like, just keep this shit going. (laughs) I can't fucking handle how funny I think that sort of stupid comedy is. Yeah, because we cut to them heading back to kind of join the population again. And they're still doing the frostbite challenge. Only it's down to Eddie and another guy, Granny. You know, she's like, hey, guys, you know, we got an inspection coming up. Like, 
we got to wrap all this up. No more tournament. And Terry's right behind her. Like, yeah, guys, just enough's enough. Like we have to cancel everything. It's time to get ready for this inspection. She leaves because she's off to do whatever else in life. And as soon as she's gone, they just assume that he's saying that just to appease her while she's there. And it's like, okay, good. Now we can get back to the games. And he's like, no, I'm serious. Like we need to do the inspection and get everything ready. So he's, he flipped pretty quick. He took all that to heart. I think, you know, it's usually tough to stop being the buddy, but he, he made that quick pivot. This is also very Farva-like, too, though, that he's the one being the overly stick-the-rules guy around the guys making all the pranks, right? Like, it's pretty much the same character as Super Troopers. Just less crass. Yeah, just less crass. But I think, like, what you find out, too, is as much as this crew plays around, it's a very, like, well-run department. Because when Terry's trying to say, like, we need to do this, this, and this, everything's already been done. Like, they get all their shit done to start the day, and then they play around in their downtime. Did they, though? Or are we just assuming that they are? I, I think, think they, they did, did. They did. Because Terry stated before that they always get good scores on these, so I just think they get their stuff done, and then as soon as they're done, playtime is playtime. Fire departments, at least in my experience, are very much like a military organization, right? There's like a hierarchy... And there are specific tasks that are done every day. And there's a scene in this episode later where you see them and they're standing by a board that has it outlined for what gets done every single day. Like Monday is windows, Tuesdays are floors, Thursdays or whatever, right? Like that's how I've always known it to be. So the idea that all this stuff is done, I don't think that's a far stretch. Also, some of those things like, you know, making sure the air tanks are filled and the hoses are proper and every, like that's stuff that... If there's a fire and it's not good, you could die, right? So, like, those are sort of tasks that they're going to do because it's important to your safety on a job like that, right? Like, you you can, like, joke around about certain stuff, but the stuff that keeps you safe, you have to, like, you know, be on top of. I feel like cops being like, it's Wednesday, change the armor and the bulletproof vest and be like, oh, we forgot, uh-oh. Like, that's a bad day, <laughs> you know? So now, Terry's trying to get everyone to keep, you know end the game and you know let's get going and, and get all this stuff together despite it, it sounding like they've already done everything and as he heads off eddie kind of chases him down the hallway and he's like hey like what's going on and he's like you know it's tells him everything that happened with the councilwoman and says you know i need to stop being one of the guys and act like the chief and and he's like well you can be both you can be fun and be the chief and he's like no chiefs aren't fun and it's not playtime anymore and heads off Eddie is not happy with this, and the very next scene, you see him sneak into Terry's office and hide shrimp in his desk chair. It was shrimp. I was I was watching on my phone, so I couldn't tell what he put in the thing. So I'm glad I literally had to put it on my bigger monitor to make sure I could see what it was. Because when you see it a smaller thing, I thought it was like chips or something. Yeah, I thought it was like nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bag of frozen shrimp. But what a genius idea this is! I was just gonna say, what an amazing idea. Do you guys remember in high school when people put a bunch of dead fish in the drop ceiling of the cafeteria? Yeah, yeah that was our like our junior year, right? It was the seniors that were yeah, like I think it was the senior prank in our junior year. Yeah, and accurate to this episode's description, it was not a good smell. But also, we got to see the poor janitor with his feet dangling out of the drop ceiling. He was like, oh, "This poor fucking guy has to go get all these fish now." Like, you never think about those things in those scenarios as a kid. When you're a kid, you never think about those things. My only thing with the shrimp prank was, although very funny and can be effective, I did feel like when we see this episode, the pungent odor of shrimp would not have 
taken over the room as fast as it does in in the time span. Yeah, I thought the same thing, but I think you just it's you know suspended disbelief. But also, yeah, it not so much time it is, but also it's a very wet place and it's clearly summer because they're always in t-shirts when they're outside. So humid, hot air. It's also directly underneath his seat and he is the number one farter. So he's just heating that shrimp up. That's true. Farts. <laughs> and shrimp fart. Just farty cooked shrimp and it's, I'm sure it's disgusting. I'm sure he wishes he didn't have the title now. Gordo, have you ever had a situation like this before? Farting on shrimp? Yeah. <laughs> very specific no the fact that he had to think about it i thought about that time that that youtube video that nick has of me uh, he, he did puke milk and shrimp gordo did the milk challenge we we had like an epidemic of seeing who could chug a gallon of milk and gordo did it once but had a bunch of shrimp scampi before he did it, so he just <laughs> shrimp when the milk came off. Yeah, it was like shrimp <laughs> soup. Ugh. I do love the the harmlessness of being like, if you can eat these crackers and whistle, right? I remember one time a bunch of us did the, can you eat a bunch of nutmeg and swallow it without water, right? Yeah, That's another tough one. But the milk one is brutal because you know that everybody there is going to throw up milk. Like, that's <laughs> going to get very messy very quickly. I only saw one person do it successfully, and it was our friend Doug. And he eventually threw up, but he was the only person who got through the gallon without throwing up. He held it down for a while. You got to give it to him. I'll tell you this. On a much smaller scale, I was recently to breakfast with Ferg, and we sit down for breakfast, and Ferg sits at the table with three full glasses, one full glass of milk, one of orange juice, and one of water. And he must have drank all three of them in about a minute and a half. <laughs> That's such a weird stomach concoction. The orange <laughs> juice, I feel like would the acid of that would curdle the milk. Yeah, right? Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> he lived. He made it through. <laughs> vitamin D and vitamin C. You're probably better than all of us right now. He said it was like making a little creamsicle in his stomach, and then he started dancing around. <laughs> you know what it was? Is I was really thirsty, so I got the water. But then I saw orange juice, and I go, ooh, I love orange juice. And then I needed the milk for big, strong bone. The milk is probably smart, too, though, because it might quell the acid reflux that the orange juice will give you as well. Proof. Yeah. Do you guys, now, do you guys, when you drink orange juice, do you do pulp, no pulp, some pulp? No pulp. I had this no discussion pulp. recently, actually. I don't care, personally. I like pulp, but I don't need it. I also don't have to have it. You know, like, it's just, it's whatever. I don't care, it, like, particularly. I, I will say, I've had lots of pulp and it's unnecessary. It's like too much. Yeah, lots of pulp yeah. is a bit much. I don't like any pulp. This just makes me think of the funniest scene in the entirety of The Sopranos where he yells at her for giving him too much pulp orange juice and yells that he likes some pulp only and she throws the orange juice at his head, which I think is the most amazing marital argument to have ever. It's like, I prefer some pulp. You fucking got me the wrong orange juice. The guys are all kind of hanging out and they're talking about what they're going to do with this gift card. And uh, it's kind of just like a way to get you away from the office real quick, because right after that, they cut right back into it. Now that Terry's back, you know, in his seat and he can smell that shrimp, but he has no idea where it's coming from. And he's like smelling his armpits and the trash bucket. And... I thought the scene was really funny, actually, him trying to figure out the smell. Yeah. Him sniffing like a dog, like yeah, looking all around. Good. Yeah. He sniffs his own mustache. <laughs> yeah, that's a good move. And from there, we, we get to the next game. They're playing Jaws of Life Jenga, 
which I thought was actually very funny. That's amazing game. I would love to actually play that. I've have you ever played like you're in like a wedding or something where you play like human sized Jenga? I, yeah, I've yeah. seen them at a bunch of they're at a bunch of places nowadays. I've it's seen like them a, at bars. Yeah, it's it's fun to do because there's higher stakes to it. But adding like those are like lawn timbers, like like landscaping timbers, and using a jaws of life. That's amazing. Yeah. And Terry's like trying to shut this game down, and again he's mentioning like a million things that need to get done for this inspection, but all of them are done. So he doesn't have like, you know, a real reason to shut all this down. And he calls Eddie over to the other room so he can have a word with him. And he's like, I'm supposed to be putting a stop to this. He's like, no, you're supposed to be chiefly. And you are. And he's like, no, like, you know, you're part of this problem. You need to follow orders. And this is when we find out like the relationship between the two. Cause Eddie's like, Hey, you know, I've been ragging on you for 25 years and you're married to my sister. It's like, I can't just take orders from you now. It's weird. This is a nice, quick little piece of exposition. Yeah, it was it, it was a good way to kind of sneak in that backstory. So, you know, like why the two of them are probably tight more so than with like the rest of the group. And like, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just that he's just pleading with Eddie to calm down and try to help him out here because, hey, I'm. Basically, like, my job is in jeopardy. Will you please just calm down for a minute so I don't get in trouble? And he's kind of like, no. (laughs) We like to have fun around here. Again, that's more Super Troopers stuff where they they can't shut it off even when they're they're in danger of being, like, closed down. Yeah. And Terry's, like, trying to low-key ask him if he's been pulling any pranks lately, but he doesn't want to sell the prank that's going on right now, so he doesn't want to say anything about the shrimp situation. He's just trying to, like, in general, ask him if he's been playing any pranks. Such a big part of pranks, right, is not selling it. Because not right. selling it is key to, you know, not letting that person get the upper hand on you. And Eddie's trying to get it out of him. He's like, any particular pranks? Like, anything you want to talk about? He's like, nope, just pranks in general. Now, the scene, they come in, and he does a full cleaning of the office, and they're taking everything apart, and immediately thought of the office the office yeah but this scene yep. plus his mug which is like the number one boss mug and he's the number one farter boss i was like they're either clearly referencing the office or they like it seeped into their brain so much by osmosis they didn't realize that they were like clearly lifting a little yeah. from it. i like that he didn't realize that when you take everything out of the room the smell disappears and you put it back yeah you put right. it all back it's gonna come back like Bring in an item at a time and then see when the smell comes back. But he just resets up the whole room and then smells it again and doesn't realize what's wrong. Oh, see, I thought that he had the whole room cleaned out. He did, but he like when he brought everything in, like he should have been checking the items. He brought his chair in last was the problem. So he thought he was all set. And then the last thing he brings in is the stinky thing, which he should have realized was everything was fine until he brought the chair in. Because the hallway should have smelt like shrimp as well. Yeah, that smell would have carried out. From the reaction we get when people walk into that room later in the office uh, episode, rather, you should probably notice if it's in the hallway, too. And he's just standing there, like, sniffing around like a dogging and just goes like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he storms <laughs> off. And then we see, like, that exterior shot of the firehouse again. And you just hear him screaming and the sound of an axe, like, slashing the walls. And it, it gets back to inside when Eddie walks into the office and he's just like, oh my God, it smells worse. <laughs> yeah, like when he turns around, he goes, it's in the walls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's trying to cut it out of the walls. He thinks it's like a dead squirrel or something, I'm assuming at this point. I mean, it could be. If you didn't know, because you'd never think to look in your chair. Obviously not look in the chair, but I would say a fishy smell is 
is very different than other bad smell. Have I told you guys about the dead fish smell that concerned me? I I might have told this story before, but forgive me if I have. But I, this was years ago. Um, I was still living at home, and I went to the bathroom, and I was like, "Wow, this smells even for this. Like this smells terrible." And three days go by, and every time I went to the bathroom, it smelled like that, but worse. And I'm like, I'm starting to get concerned. I'm a, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, isn't it? I'm like. Even for shit, this smells bad. Like, it doesn't smell like shit. It's gross. Even for shit, this smells bad. It's so funny. (laughs) And so, like, little did I know that my brother had a a fish tank at the time, and one of his catfish had died, and he threw it in the fucking trash in the bathroom and never took it out. So I'm just sitting there huffing dead fish (laughs) while I'm in the bathroom. And it was a huge relief when I found out because I thought I was rotting on the inside for some reason. Flushing a dead fish is like a time-honored tradition. Well, I don't think a catfish is going to go down the toilet. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) He meant to take it out, but it's a big... uh, Catfish are kind of big, even like the small fish tank one. So I don't think he wanted to risk it. And he meant to just throw out the trash and just never did it. And I was like, dude, I almost went to the hospital because of your dead fish. Like, it's disgusting. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so now Eddie tells Terry to follow him because he wants to show him something. And we cut over to the other three guys who are all in another room chugging gallons of water. And while they're doing all this chugging, Brandy's getting a text from his girl wrapped in only alpaca fur, which was like, oh, so they already have a bunch of alpaca fur on hand? Yeah, apparently everybody's very in tune with the alpaca clothing. Yeah, she's already, this is a post-alpaca world for her. Yeah, there's been like a big runner throughout the episode, too, that he's trying to do it for his girl. And then Ike, who was brought up early, he's the one who was wearing the mask uh, earlier in the alpaca incident. He's under the impression that they kill alpacas to get their fur, and he's very much (laughs) against that. And that's been like the thing that's going on this whole episode with him, because... He's trying to look it up, and there's no evidence that it's true, but they told him it, so now he just believes it. I love how aloof this guy is. Yeah, <laughs> it's so detached. And then the uh, the other two finally head to the room where the three of them are all drinking this water, and Terry instantly identifies what's going on. He's like, wait, you're playing the most pissed challenge. <laughs> Fucking dead. I play this game literally twice a night, usually around <laughs> 2 a.m. and around 4 a.m. I like Austin Powers P every night at least two different times and this really really spoke to me and eddie's trying to get him to join he's like listen man we're ready for the inspection there's been no calls and it's raining plus you can't go back to the office because it's destroyed and smells like low tide and and he reminds them you know you've won the most pissed challenge every year for the last 20 years and now there's alpaca on the line of it yearly they've played this game for 20 years they've been playing the most pissed challenge but it's only like a once a year annual event. <laughs> They're all chanting for him to like join him. Chief, 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 chief. And it finally builds enough and he caves in. And the next shot, you see everyone just hunched over a table. And you can hear that everyone's peeing into like empty jugs. And they, they let this scene go for like a while. of <laughs> them just all standing there pissing. The sound designer of this episode deserves a fucking Emmy. For how great this scene plays out audibly. <laughs> and as they're going on, the councilwoman enters the station because, of course, but uh, first heads to Terry's office where she nearly vomits from the smell. And we cut back to the guys who are all finishing up and picking up their gallons now with piss in them. 
uh, to reveal how they did. When Ike picks up his, it's like blue. <laughs> He's like, I really need to lay off the supplements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which reminded me of, um, was it Role Models? They're drinking that Minotaur energy Minotaur. drink. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he it looks like, like Shrek's piss. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever done this before? Have you ever had like too many energy drinks and your pee turns like neon? Yep. Well, that's just from being dehydrated. Yeah. No, 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 no. If you drink like so in a like when I was in Red Invasion, like we used to do these like, you know, either weekends or whatever. And back then when you're young, you're like, stay awake the whole time. Plus you're driving at night. Right. So we used to drink like. Rockstar energy drink after Rockstar energy drink after Rockstar energy drink. And it's not the dehydrated, just yellow pee. It's legitimately neon Orange, if you drink yeah. too many of those. It's awful for you. Uh, Jay's crushed his fair share of energy drinks. Yeah, I've I've been energy drink free for about two years, and it kills me because I love them so much. But I was consuming way too much caffeine, and I kind of needed to put a stop to that before my heart stopped working. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I've been off of them for so long and I, I've always enjoyed, like, I'm a big beer freak and I like to try all different beers and I do the same with energy drinks when like all these different companies come out with different flavors. I always go out of my way to try all of them. So being out of the game, as long as I've been, has been like torture for me, but it's for the betterment of the long term. So I'm trying to stay away. Did you buy any of that caffeine shampoo they keep pitching on TV? No. What? Have you guys seen this? No, I haven't seen that. I don't know if it's because, nope. again, Gordo, if anybody saw it, maybe it's you, because I see the commercial on Sling all the time. But there's this commercial, and it's like the audio of like a race car going by. It's like, and it's like, Alpacin, Germany's number one caffeinated shampoo finally made it to America. Every time we see it, we're like, who the fuck wants caffeine shampoo? What does that do? Does it like seep into your pores? Like, what if you shower at night before bed? That seems like a real bad idea. I don't understand anything about it. That's what your body needs. Caffeine directly to your brain. Yeah. yeah. Like, just drink a jolt soda and get it over with. This is outrageous. Also, for people listening, I to go back a bit, if you were confused, Joe mentioned when he was in Red Invasion, he doesn't mean he was in the Soviet Army. Oh, sorry. Wanted, so it was a band that he used to be in. You can look him up on Spotify, actually. I believe it's still there. I believe it's the one band of mine that is on Spotify. Back when I was young and hot. Yeah. So now the only one who hasn't revealed their gallon of piss or five their five gallon jugs, they're like the water cooler ones, is the chief who's still going. And he's like, I'm like a camel. This is like milking a camel. <laughs> <laughs> the start stopping here. Yeah. I kind of had to take a moment where I was like, I make fun of them so much for all of the poop and fart humor that I don't think is funny at all. And I am there are tears in my eyes. Well, Farva stop starts peeing in this scene. It is one of the funniest things I've We've ever. We've gone watched. over before. We're just front guys. That's true. Yeah, we're front guys. Sorry, you guys like it the other way. And they're all start now. They're chanting again. Chief has the most piss. Chief has the most piss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as that's happening, the councilwoman finally finds them. And she's just in like absolute horror, and he doesn't know that she's right behind. And he's like. It's like I'm spelunking in an underground cave of urine. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And, you know, obviously he then notices her and she's telling him how he needs to act more like the chief. And it's just awkward as she's trying to reprimand him. He can't stop peeing. So she keeps getting cut off by the sound of him peeing. They went like too, too many on this one, but like in a good way. Like, yeah. I didn't think they were yes. going to keep going. They, she just kept getting cut off by his stream, and it kept going. <laughs> it was really good. 
And when he finally finishes and lifts that jug, and it's like I said, a five gallon like water cooler jug. It's about halfway full. So we're to believe that this man just peed about two and a half gallons worth at once. My only issue with this is if they had been drinking that much water, their pee wouldn't have been yellow. Thank you. I wrote that down too. Right. I was like, they yeah. all just had to chug water to do this, and they all have like neon yellow pee. I would say for the visual gag, if if it was all like super clear, it wouldn't look quite right. Like so for TV, you kind of have to. Do any of you use that as a as a gauge? Like if my pee is not like completely oh, yeah. clear, I'm freaked out and I start drinking a ton of I drink water all day long. So it's weird because Yes and no. So I try to hydrate a lot, but also there are other things that can change. Like, this is a weird conversation. So sorry for you, you that those of you who are listening that don't like pee talk, just skip forward another minute or so. But um, like there's other factors, right? So like I'm often on diets at all times and losing weight and stuff can affect your urine color. So um, there's just so many different things that I can't just get worried that I'm dehydrated because I know I drink plenty. So I, I try to think of other reasons th- the color could be different. It took me so long when I was younger to figure out that the darker the pee means that you were dehydrated. I remember one time I felt awful and my piss was like rust colored. Oh, Jesus. You're breaching kidney failure there. <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, oh, and I drank water and I was like, man, I feel better. So. <laughs> Now, I make sure that I drink water all the time, and I use that as a gauge. Thanks, Dr. Gordon. I, I oftentimes think of this girl I used to work with, whose name I won't say. Dr. Eality. She Dr. hated water because <laughs> she said it tasted bad, so she refused to drink it. So she only drank Diet Coke and then a concoction of coffee in the morning that she referred to as hummingbird nectar. Oh, okay. The color of khaki pants. It's like the Ew. most unhealthy... So much milk and sugar in it. Oh, yeah. The extra, extra. Yeah. And I often wonder, I'm like, I wonder if that girl's alive because that was like <laughs> 15 years ago. And she was like, ew, water doesn't taste like anything. You just like chug a diet Coke or whatever. And I'm like, you're like 22. You can really get away with this now, but you have to change something to keep going. Well, I'll tell you, my mom doesn't like drinking water and she refers to it as plain water. <laughs> so like she'll drink like crystal light and stuff and she's like oh i have a water it's like no that's not water anymore it, it is like it's not that bad for you if you're drinking crystal light all day but but there's water which is usually like peach tea flavored and then there's plain water which is what you get out of the fridge or sink. <laughs> i'll tell you what with water though i am i don't like and i know this is where me and joe will butt heads i do not like super cold water I love super cold water. I much prefer, like, close to a room temperature water. That's what my brother does. I hate it. Because he'll be like, oh, do you want a water? And then he just, he pulls a bottled water that's just, like, sitting on the floor. And I'm like, come on. If I'm doing, that's not refreshing. If I'm doing something, like, active outside in the heat or whatever, then, yeah, give me a cold water. I'm, I'm cool with that. But, like, right here now, like, I don't want an ice cold water. It's just, I love it. It's too much. We're at the part of the year now where I like put the ice maker on our fridge to the test because I'm here working all day long and it's so hot. And every time I go down, I have that giant like aluminum water bottle. I have to fill it with water and then fill it with ice. And by by like 6 p.m., it's like, please give me a break. I can make like one cube an hour at this point. And everyone who's been listening knows that Ferg has an ice machine on at all times inches away from his microphone. Now, Nick and I do a good job of getting getting rid of the ice machine and it hasn't gone off once today. And I like when she's talking to him and she says, I find you with your men cheering you on as you pee for them. (laughs) He's doing it for them. Like it's a performance. (laughs) Come here, everyone. Show you my urine. 
I mean, to be fair, it's a lot of pee. That is a that's I'd pay I'd pay a buck to watch that. Two and a half gallons is impressive. It's very impressive. That actually is impressive. The, the one thing that gets them out of this moment, luckily, is um, the alarm goes off and they have a call, and we find out that there's a child stuck in a well. And when they head over to the scene, there's a like there's a bunch of people there. I don't know if what just nosy people just because they see something's going on. Probably heard the mother screaming. And, and there's yeah, over. there's a nervous mom, and she's telling them how he's been down there for hours, and he's a very fragile kid. And all he had to eat today was oat milk and flaxseed. Poor fucking kid. Flaxseed's the worst. Blech. Yeah, flaxseed's not good. His allergist thinks that he might be protein prejudiced. prejudiced. <laughs> yeah, protein prejudiced. I don't know what that is. Good alliteration, though. Yeah. And uh, Terry has one of the guys take the mom to the parking lot so they can take care of the situation. And you get the shot of them all looking down into the well. We can't see the kid during all this. It's just kind of like you just see the black hole. And you hear, is she gone? Is my mom gone? When he finds out that she is, goes, good, I'm sick of that a-hole. <laughs> this kid is like a weird little hilarious psycho. Yeah. And I looked up his IMDb, and he's in four more episodes. Yeah, he's show. a reoccurring character. That makes me very happy. And they're like, don't talk about your mom like that. It's like, have you ever ate flaxseed? And like, lets him know like that he doesn't even want to come out. He just like wants to hang down there on his iPad and make crap for his YouTube channel. It's like the saddest thing that's just like kids now. Yeah. I create content. Be like, what the fuck? It really is. That's just what kids are now. I'm sorry, though, but how did he get down there? That was a really deep pipe. Did he just throw himself down? Yeah. (laughs) Clearly he didn't, right? And it's also, it's narrow. So if you're going to jump down, you either have to go, like, head first or legs first. I imagine that he probably, like, went in and, like, yeah, shimmied his way down. And he just couldn't shimmy his way back up. But he never even tried to get back up. He doesn't want to shimmy up. Because, yeah, they send the rope down, and he starts shooting at him with BB guns. <laughs> That's when Eddie's like, this kid is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't, this is the kind of thing you don't think about, but when you're in a job where you have to, like, help people, like, if you're, like, a firefighter or a paramedic, there's going to be times where you're like, I don't want to help this asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably more times than not, yeah. Yeah, God bless them who actually do it, because... I just tell you to go yeah, fuck I couldn't off. do it. I'll tell you that. Like, right for now. every person you're trying to help because they're in danger, or threatened, and you like feel like you need and want to help them, and you're doing something good, there's another person who's like, "Go fuck yourself. Get away from me." Yeah. And how old is this kid? Like ten ish, and he's like down there vaping. Yeah, <laughs> he vapes. Yeah, <laughs> that was like one of those bargaining tools too. When um, I almost said Farva. Oh, it's hard not to. Yeah, I wouldn't but... fault you. When the, when the chief's trying to get him out, he's like, hey, you know, if you let us get you out of there, like, I'll let you vape in the fire truck and record it for your YouTube channel. <laughs> and the kid's like, I want $50, too, because he wants to buy the Guardians of Terror Season Pass. Uh, is that a real game, or is that a made-up no. game for the show? All right. It's made-up no. for the show. Say, he says for $50, you can get the Elf Queen to take off her royal panties. <laughs> <laughs> Also, two episodes in a row with children being bribed. Yeah. It's, um, I don't game much. Are there games that have weird shit like that in them? Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, I imagine that's a big market. But that's going to be like PC games, right? Like, you're not going to be able to get something for your Xbox where someone's well, taking their panties off. but yeah. I mean, there's nudity in games like God of War and shit, but it's not like, oh, it's $50, take off your panties, Aphrodite. Like. Yeah. Aphrodite. <laughs> she is mighty. But, like, I thought it was going to end at, like, when we used to play, like, like I don't know, when I stopped playing video games was around, like, 
Grand Theft Auto Vice City, right? I loved that game and ever, but like you'd go with a sex worker into the car and the car would go like, like, oh, I just having sex with the sex worker. That rules. But like, I didn't. If somebody was like, for $500 more, do you want to see her nipple? I'd be like, no, I don't need to see that. Why? <laughs> Maybe when you were 10, though. Maybe at 10. I, well, at 10 then, though? No, because, see, I don't understand this either, because that kid has an iPad, which means he has a path to all of the pornography and all of the nudity in the world that he could ever want to look at. He has an overprotective mother, so she might have a, a content blocker. Look, we come from a time when you were hoping to find woods porn, where you would sneak your hand into the porno room of the video store to try to pull out one of the little leaflets because it might have had a small picture of somebody fucking with their tits out giving head on it. <laughs> That's the world we lived in now. These kids now, they can bypass it. They can, I'm sure they can do it. They can VPN. They can go to private browser or they have some friend who's smart enough to know. This kid doesn't need a video game. Got the overprotective mother. He had to jump down a giant pipe to get away from her. So you you know she would block all that content on his Well, iPad. she's not blocking his vape. I imagine he's smart enough to get around whatever block is on his iPad to look at pornography. To be fair, like, with vaping, like, when we were younger and we smoked, like, cigarettes have a very distinct smell. If you're vaping, you just smell like banana nut cream or, like, whatever the hell you... <laughs> You smell oh. like nut cream. Yeah, you just want to say nut cream, I think. <laughs> That's what I have. Banana nut cream pie or whatever the fuck it is. Like <laughs> You're not making it better. Does it have kind of like a chlorine type smell to it? <laughs> no. No, it's got kind of like a creamy smell to it. In the winter, Gordo was using snowball, but he thought that in this weather it wasn't good enough. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. We can't smell it through the monitor. Yeah, was he going to, like, <laughs> blow it into the monitor? Yeah, that's banana cream pie. Banana cream Secret pie, ingredient. Yeah. Come. Not banana nut pie or banana... You said banana nut cream. Yeah, well, you know, it's all banana nuts and shit like There's that. No nut like nuts, though. Banana cream pie is a thing. Banana nut cream or whatever. It's a very different thing. <laughs> you, you don't know. I mean, sometimes it's, like, toasted nut, you know buttered nut or whatever the fuck it is like well i just vape cereal i also have a watermelon one like the watermelon candies that one's really good too i'm a thousand years old and i vape cigarette flavor because <laughs> i can't walk around blowing nut cream all over the place i just my my body my brain my ego won't allow me to do it i quit uh i quit a while ago but i was once a vapist and um when i did i was kind of all over the place i I kind of like to, I would have two in my pocket a lot, so I would kind of have like a desserty one and a fruity one to kind of switch it up throughout the day. Because your mouth will get like adjusted to a single flavor if you do it for too long, which is, I'm amazed that Ferg still tastes vape because he's been like vaping the same shit for a decade at this point. I always have two as well. I have one with cannoli and one with um, fruit, uh, like fruity pebble cereal. But you have one with cannoli? Yeah, that was yeah. like a popular one. Cannoli? It's called cannoli. It's called Cannoli B1. I know. Cannoli Joe is impressed. He's like, wait a minute. I didn't know Cannoli was on the table here. Maybe I'll change over. Cannoli yeah. Joe must get Cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> he walks into the store like, can I help you, sir? It's like, you already know. <laughs> Hello, I'm here for my Cannoli, please. He has a top hat monologue <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, and if you guys want to hear more of our vape talk, we have a separate vape podcast you guys can listen to. Um, 
how insufferable is the idea of a vape podcast? And I'm saying that I'm sure there are plenty that make a fuck ton of money. And it's so aggravating. So uh, to get back into this though, as a sign of good faith, they throw $25 down the well. So, uh, you know, they, they, you know, he knows that there's money coming his way and he's, and he's told, you know, you'll get the other $25 when you get out and hug your mom. Now, Grant, Granny says because of all the rain, the pipe's going to fill up shortly. Wouldn't that just solve the problem and push him right to the top? Right. This is a Willy Wonka issue. <laughs> yeah. If it goes up and he's like not right at that hole, maybe you get trapped under probably something you don't want to risk regardless. Yeah. I imagine if you're, you're not like where it goes vertical, you'd have a problem. I like when uh, they throw the rope down and they're like, all right, we're throwing down the rope. Just make sure you put it around it. He's like, yeah, I get it, dickhead. He's like, I hate this kid. (laughs) Yeah, I get it, dickhead. And then when they pull him out, he just immediately runs and kicks Andy in the dick. And he's like, so viral, bitches. (laughs) Farva, too, is like, he's a kid. Walk it off. Like, I love that so much. Like, it's not supposed to hurt. And they bring him over to his mom, and that's when you see her with the councilwoman both being interviewed, like, on the local news. And when they bring her son, she gives him, like, this big hug and tells him, like, they're going to go straight to Wholesome Foods. And you can pick out any soy pop flavor that you want. And he just looks over at Terry and gives him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is by far the best part of the show, I think. Never gets his other 25. And, like, you cut to, like, a moment or two later, and the councilwoman's talking to Terry. And during that, like, each member of the department keeps walking up to him and being like, oh, you know, like, thank you so much. Like, it's an honor to work with you, sir. You know, like, oh, got everything ready, just as you asked. And typically in this episode, you would think that they're doing it to be sarcastic. But here it looks like they're genuinely just trying to make him look good for the councilwoman. Yeah. And the councilwoman's like, you know, saving a kid is really, you know, it's going to get you a lot of goodwill. She tells Terry, like, why don't you go talk to the news? He's like, oh, you know what? Why don't you do it since you're so good at it? And kind of pushes her towards the camera and walks off with Eddie again. And Eddie immediately is just trying to get him to restart this tournament. Like, he really wants to finish it. He's like, no, no chance. And tells him, like, that's an order. And he's like, you know, it's just the two of us here. You know you want to be the fun guy. He's like, I'm not going to be the fun guy until I find out what happened in my office. He's like, you still wouldn't know anything about that, would you? He's like, nope, but if uh, let me know how that goes, okay? And we cut back to the station where it's pouring again. <laughs> because <laughs> this whole well scene it wasn't raining they only have yeah. one rain machine yeah yeah <laughs> they're all um they're all kind of sitting there again just talking about finishing the tournament so someone can get that gift card and once again they're kind of all talking about different things they'd want to do with it and ike stops the conversation by saying that he already returned it to the old lady and says they'll no longer be trafficking in her blood-stained items and this is <laughs> they're pissed now because he just gave away a $500 gift card. Good, it's their fault. That's karma. That is karma. Like, yeah. they did this to themselves. He yep. believed something that they told him, but yeah, they finally come clean and like, that's, they don't kill alpacas for their fur. They shave them. It grows <laughs> back. And like, And he, uh, he looks super nervous and walks off and then he shows back up like a minute later with the, an alpaca that he stole from there and he's like, uh, I have to go make a return. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and as he walks out, it gets sunny again. If you noticed, like when he leaves the station, I didn't notice that. No, no, they were they were getting rained on. Well, actually, because it is at this point when Terry walks back and he figured out what was wrong he has with his chair. office, and he has the chair with him, and he goes and he throws it outside into the dumpster. And I don't think it was raining when he threw it in there. 
I have a major problem with this part as someone who's seen the rest of the show because it's like a major continuity thing. There's a whole episode dedicated to he has this chair that he's obsessed with, and it's the only chair he'll sit in. And they try everyone's trying to get him to replace it and get a new chair, a new comfortable one. He will not get rid of this chair. It's like 20 years old, and this just completely like erases all that. Well, all that erases this. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Classic pilot shit, though, right? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pilot's over, and they're like, we that happened just so you saw everything, and uh, we'll start play with wipe the slate clean now. And when Terry throws that chair out, he informs Eddie that you know you're never gonna get me again. Which at that point, Eddie's like, okay, challenge accepted. We see Terry back in his office soon after, and once again can smell something, and he yells immediately for Eddie to come in, and he's like, okay, I give up, Uncle. And he just goes, curtain rod. <laughs> He's like, you sneaky bastard. <laughs> and then the endless amount of shrimp that comes out it's of so the curtain rod. Out. <laughs> it's like, it's just a regular curtain rod that's like, I don't know, maybe about four feet tops, like probably like three feet. And like, it's just at an angle and you just see like enough to fill like a small pool just falling out of this thing. <laughs> this is a good shot. Yeah, they're feeding it from the other, yeah, off the camera. Yeah, they're feeding it over. And uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good way to button up that episode. It, it ties everything in. You get that nice little funny visual gag and uh, leave gone a kind of high note. So that that was the uh, conclusion of the episode. So I don't know. I mean, like, again, Ferg's the only one who's actually watched the whole show. It's pretty new to the rest of us. I was looking for some information on like the show and kind of fun facts and stuff. And there wasn't a lot in where I was looking. I don't know if any of you guys saw much. Not a ton of stuff out there about it. Yeah. It's like one main character missing from this ah uh, from this I almost said podcast from this uh, pilot, and it's Lu. I think her name's Lucy. I forget actually, but it's- I was gonna say there is a girl in the intro. Yeah, like in the in the team. Yeah, I meant to bring that up too. She's Farva's daughter. Sorry, call him Farva. Uh, well, she's the chief's daughter. You know Eddie's niece, and she's forced to be on that because they need a female on the thing, and she's been going to the academy or whatever they do. That makes sense to me, too, because I feel like when there's that scene where he's coerc- uh, coercing the kid to come out of the well by, like, bribing everything, you're like, he's clearly a parent. Like, this is clearly like a yeah. I know how to handle kids move. And you do see his wedding ring. So I think that's just like a y- you assume he's a, a family guy or whatever. I will say, though, I don't consider any of these guys. I didn't like how they were that much older than us. And it's a weird thing because when the first movie, Broken Lizard movie came out, like we were probably in high school or whatever. And they're like, oh, he's been on the forest. We do this every year for 20 years. And you're like, oh, wait, like that sort of stuff always like jolts me a little. We were like, how old are they? How old are we? Where did yeah. time go? <laughs> yeah. When we first discussed doing this show, I thought going into it that this was the people who did Reno 911 that did a, a fire department show. I wasn't expecting the broken lizard guy. So, I don't know, may not be something interesting to add, but, you know, I thought I'd throw that out there. I think that that lends to a little bit, too, though, that, like, this doesn't have the best reach, which I think is a shame because it's really great. That like, you didn't, like, a lot of us hadn't seen it. Yeah. I was vaguely familiar with it, but I, I knew a little bit about it. You thought it was different creators altogether, and I think it's a really great show, at least this episode I thought was, and... Maybe we can help a few people who haven't seen it to try it out because that would right. be a really cool thing because I think it's very much worth a shot. 
Yeah, I feel like this is going to be one of those shows that's going to end up somewhere else after the show concludes and it's going to find new life like after after death, you know? Like I said, it's on it's on HBO Max, so that's helpful. I think that's really good. The HBO Max is now or Max or whatever is so And it's not canceled, right? It's still actively going. Fourth season is coming out, I think, yeah. I think the fourth season got picked up in 2000 uh 2021. And there hasn't been much word about it since, but I think Joe's right. It's supposed to come out. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what the future of that holds. And hopefully, again, with something like HBO Max or just Max, you know, it, it catches more eyes. But with all that being said, we might as well round this out. And it's time for the green light or cancel. I'll go in the order I'm seeing you in. Nick, starting with you. Yeah, this show is, uh, I will say this. I like the show and I'm green lighting it. I would say it's not very groundbreaking comedically. There's some low-hanging fruit that they go after, but that that doesn't mean it's it's bad. And I I have faith in them. I just like it's just a fun workplace comedy, and it's got and it's seasoned with the Broken Lizard comedy too. So if you're a fan of these guys prior to this show, then I think you're gonna enjoy that aspect of it too. And I I know that like I want to see more of that too. I I have faith that they will continue to be uh, funny in all the right ways. So. I, I enjoyed the pilot. It definitely is intriguing enough for me to want to come back. And it's a pretty easy green light for me. Gordo. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to rock the boat or anything on this one. It was funny. Uh, like I said, I thought it was uh, the Reno 911 people, but very pleasant. I was like, oh, cool. The Super Trooper guys. Awesome. And it felt it felt more like a short movie than it did a television show. I don't know. When there's no laugh track, it kind of lends it more to be cinematic in my eyes than when it doesn't have a laugh track. Maybe it's just the way my brain works. But either way, it worked. And I thought it was funny. I think that there's enough there that, you know, you're you're I think it's going to get funnier as you get to know these characters more and more. And they didn't even really scrape the surface. They laid a good foundation. It's a green light from Gordo. Right. When I first watched this show, I actually didn't enjoy this um, pilot. And it's the reason why I didn't pick this show yet is because I thought it would get canceled. Upon the second watch a year later, I really enjoyed the pilot this time around, which is I don't even I couldn't even tell you why. So it's definitely not soft. I always liked their sense of humor and every single Broken Lizard movie I enjoyed. Even that weird college one that we rented. That <laughs> I haven't seen the new one, which is that quasi show. When the, there were a movie, I don't even know. It's the quasi mode of Hunchback of Notre Dame when they are all done. But we're talking about this show, so sorry. Yeah, easy green light. Joe. Yeah, a few things that have been said here. I, I totally agree with. I like Nick saying it is. It's a quirky workplace comedy, right? It, and the reason I like this the most, I think, is that it's quirky workplace firefighter comedy which they don't typically get funny firefighter stuff you get super serious stuff you get firestorm or backdraft or rescue me or there might be some jokes involved but it's like pretty heavy and weighty there isn't like a police academy-esque fire department franchise or nothing's really like that this that's what this feels like to me it's like police academy 2 their first assignment as firefighters which i thought was pretty fucking awesome and you know, I, I do, I laughed a lot at this. I think that obviously the 
liking of all the broken lizard guys helps us if i see a cop if my wife or i see a cop anywhere doing anything or it's mentioned like oh there's a cop in front of the house first immediate response is oh well don't spit in his burger like <laughs> been saying that for like the entirety of our relationship so i have a huge love for these dudes um yeah this was a super fun watch i'm definitely gonna i'm so glad this is on the max because now i'm gonna watch all of it so green light for me also it gets way better yeah, so I actually forgot to mention this at the top of the episode when I was asking all of you if you've seen the show. A while back, I was like, oh, I remember the show and I went to watch it. And I watched just this episode. And I've said this a million times. Very ironically, for a guy who hosts a show about TV sitcoms, I don't watch a lot of television. And although my intention was to keep watching it, I just didn't. Now, that being said, I did want to continue with it. And for that reason, again, covering this episode now, it's a green light for me. Uh, I think there's a lot of funny writing. I think their brand of humor is pretty locked in. You kind of know what you're getting into if you're already familiar with the Broken Lizard crew. I guess if you're not, maybe it's you got to get adjusted to their speed. But I, I think it's very easy humor for anyone to follow up on. And I don't know. I just thought it was really fun. It, it's not over the top. In a way, there's like moments where it, it feels very toned down from what we're used to with them, with like a super troopers. Maybe a, a lot of that is because half the day is spent inside when it's raining and that just kind of changes the vibe a little bit. Overall, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny and um, a lot of clever lines along the way. So a green light for me as well, which means congrats to Tacoma FD. You got a perfect five out of five from us. So you live on to see episode two. Uh, that being said, I just want to remind everyone again, go to S1E1 pod.com that's where you can find all the links everywhere to follow us rate review comment do all that stuff that helps us a lot it helps other people find us so we very much appreciate when you do that also like i said earlier find us s1e1pod twitter instagram hit us up we put out tons of content just really fun to talk to you guys learn the shows that you guys want to do we, we we try to tackle all of them when you guys give us uh good suggestions and just kind of hearing everyone's stories just really neat for us so many different people listen to the show and I guess we never really knew what our reach would be when we started this so kind of knowing that we don't have a key demographic and it seems that people of all different ages and different genders and from all over the world really listen is is, is really really cool so uh, keep hitting us up it's really cool to talk to all of you but with all that in mind thanks again catch us again next week we'll have another new episode for you thank you goodbye I think we got the best Durham fire hose poster <laughs>